Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Weekend Long Read A Little-Known Chinese Cancer Village in Houston Written by Shi Yonggang Published by Caixin Global Narrated by Elise Ribbons Chinese people tend to flock together even when seeking medical treatment abroad. When I went to Houston, Texas in 2012, it was for cancer treatment. I joined a wave of Chinese people who opted to go private in the U.S. We all shared one corner of the city, known by us patients as America's Chinese Cancer Village. I rented an apartment at the 8181 Fanning IMT community in Houston. The community was close to MD Anderson Cancer Center, a supermarket, and a number of drugstores. Most tenants in the building were medical staff, visiting scholars, and patients. When patients from China filled in their details at local cancer hospitals, they normally put the community as their address. My family and I found a $1,000 a month apartment, and were told we could move in after renovations in two weeks' time. The apartment was on the third floor, and through the window I could see squirrels jumping in the trees. My new life as an overseas cancer patient had begun. Ms. Tan, clinical trials are a secret weapon. A local Chinese non-governmental organization, NGO, called Light and Salt Association, helped us find a home in the meantime. Chinese cancer patients were their main focus. They offered us the apartment of a woman named Ms. Tan, who was on a month-long break in China. She had left her apartment free for compatriots like me who were seeking treatment. When we tried to pay the rent, a volunteer at the NGO passed on Tan's message that we should just leave money for utilities on the table when we left. Tan, a civil servant from Shanghai, had been diagnosed with stage 4 melanoma by a cancer hospital in Shanghai. Her doctor told her she had only four months to live, as certain treatments were unavailable in China. Tan wasn't going to leave her fate to chance. A friend recommended MD Anderson Cancer Center, where she was given a course of chemotherapy that had serious side effects. Although Tan suffered greatly, vomiting and unbearable pain, the treatment didn't work. The Sight and Salt Association became a beacon of hope for Tan. Through the NGO, a visiting Chinese medical doctor at MD Anderson Cancer Center identified a clinical trial she could participate in, supervised by Nobel laureate Dr. James P. Allison, who had helped develop a cancer therapy based on inhibiting negative immune regulation. Registering for the clinical trial, Tan was told the treatment itself would be free, but she would need to pay $150,000 to $200,000 for examinations. In the end, most was waived. The results of the clinical trial proved remarkable. After Tan's course of treatment ended, a CT scan indicated that the cancer cells in her body had disappeared. Regular examinations confirmed her stable physical state over the following six months. 
MD Anderson Cancer Center is part of the University of Texas and the largest cancer center in the U.S. Where standard therapies fail, the center has ongoing clinical trials to make use of, making it a well-known destination for cancer sufferers worldwide, including many Chinese patients. Mr. Wang, tricks to save money. My apartment block had two swimming pools, and I would often go there to kill time. I was in no mood to read, and mainly lay on a beach chair under an oak tree, listening to e-books with my eyes closed. I listened to Steve Jobs, a biography, and was impressed by the treatment he received for pancreatic cancer. Most afternoons, I would swim for an hour. The pool and a cup of tea would make me forget why I was there, that it wasn't a vacation but rather a medical trip to a foreign country. A few days later, I spotted a middle-aged man, bald and shirtless, reading a book on the other side of the pool. We made eye contact and started to chat. Wang came from northeastern China and worked for a government-affiliated institution. He was diagnosed with lung cancer in 2010. A year and a half after surgery and chemotherapy in Beijing, his cancer relapsed, with lymphatic metastasis. His nephew studying in Houston contacted the MD Anderson Cancer Center, and after a few calls, Wang arrived to start a course of treatment that was still ongoing. Wang knew all the Chinese patients in the community, from rich to poor, from those jetting in and out of the U.S., to those who were selling all their worldly possessions in a bid to stay alive. He told me that over half the Chinese patients at the center had lung or kidney cancer, and most of the others had multiple lymphadenoma, another rare form of cancer. When their illness returned or they ran out of treatment options in China, they would come to Texas. I complained about the costly medicine. Wang laughed. Expensive? Do you know how much I've paid so far? I shook my head. On my first visit, I chatted to the doctor for 60 minutes. It cost me 1,200 US dollars. The blood examination cost over 1,000 dollars. I then paid 15,000 yuan, or 2,196 dollars, for other consultations. And the charge for an enhanced CT or PECT examination was as much as 10,000 US dollars. I was startled by his words. My account hadn't run dry yet, but I started to think it would happen sooner than I had hoped. Wang spoke as if he was an old hand at this. Everyone here is very resourceful, and the English speakers make plans early. For example, some people get treatment, therapeutic schedules, and critical examinations at MD Anderson Cancer Center. But everything else at other clinics to save money. You can save more than 80%. Although I was astonished at first by the high cost and the savviness, I knew that Chinese people, even as patients abroad, would always sniff out a good deal. Boss Wang, self-taught cancer guru. Another patient, also called Wang, was vice president and third in command of a large steelmaker. His job was leading negotiations with business partners, making deals across the world, and for this we called him Boss Wang. At about 9 a.m., Chinese patients and their families will start to gather by the pool, holding cups of healthy drinks such as vegetable juice, tea, goji berry essence, or jujube juice in their hands. Wang would sit by the pool and provide help for everyone, just like a doctor treating his patients. He reviewed hospital letters, prescriptions, and CT test results one by one. With reading glasses at the tip of his nose, he would read slowly and answer queries sternly. If there was something he didn't know, he'd write it down in his notebook, go home and study and answer it the next day. 
These sessions happened once every three days at the IMT compound, a place where questions of the rarest of tumors and treatments were raised without trepidation. Wang said, This treatment is like going back to college for me. Before, I studied steel. Now I'm discovering there are a lot of mysteries in the human body. Wang's illness began with a month-long cough. He went to a local hospital for a CT scan and was taken aback by the result. I couldn't sleep for days, Wang recalled. I felt the report had torn my whole world apart. He immediately went to one of the best hospitals in China, Peking Union Medical College Hospital, P-U-M-C-H. His first action after a couple of days of reflecting was to quit smoking. Then he looked up related research on his condition. Finally, he signed up for IMRT radiotherapy and chemotherapy at P-U-M-C-H. Fast forward a year, however, and his illness had relapsed. His son, who works in Canada, introduced him to M.D. Anderson Cancer Center. Wang found the treatment torturous, but his fortitude and willingness to learn carried him forward. He controlled the pace of his treatment and actively participated in the process. When he ran out of therapeutic options in one place, he moved back to China. And in the U.S., apart from M.D. Anderson Cancer Center, he also visited the Memorial Hermann Cady Hospital, Massachusetts General Hospital, and NASA Space Center Hospital. He was decisive about his examinations and use of medication, and even controlled the doses of medication he wanted to take. He was one of those patients who didn't view doctors' instructions as sacrosanct. Wang's persistence helped him, once a wheelchair patient knocking on death's door, improve his condition in half a year. This made him almost a divine figure in the community, which in turn gave him the confidence to see his patients and give advice. Once, when helping a lung cancer patient read the CT report, Wang saw a small nodule in the liver which the doctor said was too small to deal with for the time being. Wang told him that, if the U.S. hospitals couldn't deal with it, he suggested returning to China for immediate surgery and radiotherapy. The patient replied that he had read a Chinese doctor's article saying that overtreatment of cancer should be prevented, and that patients should sometimes live with their cancer. Live with cancer? Wang responded indignantly. Have you discussed this with your cancer? Does it agree to live with you? Wang had a point. In fact, several of the terminal cancer patients I observed at the community ended up dying of explosive tumor growth. Most of them were under observation and were not treated at an early enough stage. In only a few months' time, no drugs would work for them. In July 2018, the doctor told Wang the good news. No cancer cells could be detected in his body anymore. At the end of August, Wang left Houston and returned to China. Mr. Gu, the Accidental Grandfather An erstwhile soldier and village Communist Party secretary, Mr. Gu had an impressive build and spoke loudly. He also ran his own manufacturing plant. One day in July 2014, after a meeting in town, he was challenged to a round of arm wrestling with fellow village officials. Gu was confident he would win, hands down. After a few seconds of deadlock, Gu's right arm suddenly snapped and fell limp. His friend stood there slack-jawed and sent him straight to the hospital. Radiography showed a fracture to his right humerus, but the doctor believed his condition was not that simple. Sure enough, a bone marrow biopsy confirmed his suspicion. Gu went on to be diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Cancer can be roughly categorized into hematologic malignancies, such as leukemia and lymphoma, and tumors, such as lung, liver, and gastric cancers. 
The former are generally more dangerous than the latter, and known as bone-eating disease by cancer patients in China. After several days of panic, Mr. Gu began the process of trying to save himself. He contacted experts in Beijing, while his daughter, Niu Niu, a student in Australia, arranged for him to visit MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston. Within weeks, Gu and his family were in the consulting room. His doctor carefully studied Gu's medical history and biopsy results, and discussed details of the disease and somatic reactions. After half an hour, she still hadn't mentioned treatment. Mr. Gu became worried and asked, Is it possible for me to be cured? The doctor answered patiently, There is a suitable clinical trial available. It begins with four to five cycles of experimental chemotherapy, mainly aimed at removing the cancerous cells from your blood. The next step is an auto-transplant. If you are willing to participate in this scheme, this phase is expected to end in February next year. The drugs will be free of charge. Gu learned that the clinical trial is only conducted at the MD Anderson Cancer Center and had 55 participants. What's more, the chemotherapy drugs included thalidomide, which caused thousands of children to be born with deformities, such as phocomelia, in the 1960s. Forty years later, Israeli doctors discovered by chance that the much maligned drug could be used as a cancer treatment. In 2006, FDA again approved thalidomide as a drug for the treatment of multiple myeloma. It is hard to tell whether a drug that works against tumors is poison or not. In the case of thalidomide, the drug is a mixture of good and evil. Gu decided to join. Although he suffered serious side effects, he seemed to recover quickly. As the lonely and boring treatment process began, the man soon joined other Chinese patients gathering under the oak trees by the pool. He was called Secretary Gu by everyone. The scene was far from life back home in the village. Conversation revolved around complaining of the fees charged by MD Anderson Cancer Center, the skills of various nurses in drawing blood, and the impact of chemotherapy. They recalled the good old days before illness and wished away their feeling of helplessness. Nyonyo would often come by at lunch and take her father home. The young woman took good care of her father, delivering medicine, watching him take them, while gently caressing his hair. Many patients came to the MD Anderson Center around the same time as Gu, including Mr. Zhu, an engineer from Jiaxing, Zhejiang province. He was a thin lung cancer survivor with a son who was studying in the UK, who liked to shoot videos. Zhu and his wife often helped their son with filming. Zhu's son quickly set his sights on Nyonyo. One day, when I was passing by the swimming pool, I noticed Nyonyo and Zhu's son chatting. Nyonyo looked shy, and so did the novice director. I, like all the other passerbys, pretended not to see them, and walked on with my head down. Gu attempted to ignore his daughter's budding romance. Aside from his illness, her future was top of his mind, but Zhu's son obviously had a crush on Nyonyo. Soon it would be Zhu's son who drove Gu to the hospital. Zhu's condition unfortunately worsened. His tumor grew rapidly, and the treatment failed. The night before he died, Zhu insisted on being taken back to the community. When Zhu met Gu, the two patients held each other's hand for a long time. Gu had better luck. Within nine months, he was clinically cured, which made him the patient with the shortest treatment time of all the patients at 8181 Fanon IMT. He became an inspiration to other patients, eclipsing those who had been under treatment for years. In October 2016, Gu sent a red packet of gift money in our WeChat group, announcing that Zhu's son and Nyonyo would be getting married. At the wedding, Gu could not help crying. 
In under a year, he was cured of cancer and had met his son-in-law. This was the kind of fairy tale that Houston's Chinese cancer village could feast on for years. In August of the following year, Hu returned to the U.S. for re-examination, accompanied by his daughter and son-in-law. Nyonyo gave birth to a little boy during their stay in Houston, making Gu a proud grandfather. The number of Chinese patient families living in this community increased from around 20 in 2012, when I first arrived, to over 100 in 2020, before COVID hit. Sitting by the poolside, watching people coming and going, you could bear witness to the joys and sorrows of Chinese patients in this little corner of the U.S. <laughs>